if I were to look at somebody else's feed who's doing very similar things to me, I wouldn't feel that way. I would think, oh, amazing. Like, she's really yes. good. Doesn't it look fab? Or like, oh, she's got a new pattern now. Like, I'm going to go check it out. Welcome to the Yarnova podcast. I am your host, Sarah Jane, and in this episode, we're going to be talking to Lindsay from Lottie and Albert. I've been friends with Lindsay on Instagram for years, and we've had so many conversations in the DMs. And today, we're talking about all things collaboration over competition. In this episode, we're going to dive in deep to the crochet world, talk all about community, and also go a little bit off tangent as well. So so let's tune in to this week's episode. Have you heard the news? My How to Crochet Handy Reference Guide has had a revamp. This 26 page ebook with exclusive video instructions is perfect for beginners or those who love to have all the information at their fingertips. Get yours now at www.bellacococrochet.com forward slash ebook. Hi Lindsay, welcome to the Yarn Over podcast. I am so excited to have you here. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. It's awesome to talk to you. I feel like in person, but you know, on camera. Yes, yes, exactly. We've we've spoken a lot via DMs and voice notes and things, but never an actual conversation where we <laughs> where we're back and forth. Yeah. Um, for those people who are tuning in and don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. I am Lindsay. I'm the face behind Lottie and Albert. I am a crochet designer and an author, and I'm based in the Cotswolds. Oh, lovely. I, I, you know, I've never been to the Cotswolds, but it looks beautiful. Absolutely like beautiful. It's a good thing to say. It feels, it feels like a nice place to be. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to come and visit one time. <laughs> so, um, can you tell us about how you got into crochet and when you got into crochet? Yeah, I first got into crochet, I guess, about, it feels, well, eight years ago. So when my daughter was first born, um, a group of sort of local friends got together and they said, let's start a craft night and let's try crochet. So none of us had done crochet. Funnily enough, I've pretty much done every other craft going. So my mum owned a, a fabric shop when I was growing mm -hmm. up. It did so many different crafts with me. I feel like the only one we, we never actually did was crochet. So that was kind of how it started. We would get together one night like each week. And it was really nice actually because it's that age when you've got really young kids. And that was like an easy and nice way to get together with friends that wasn't, you know, it, we could just do it at each other's houses. And so that's how it started. And we used YouTube videos, including yours, um, <laughs> to teach us because I think the benefit of video based stuff is you can just pause it and rewind it. Yeah. And Actually, I always think with crochet and knitting, but it's the beginning that's almost the hardest and yeah. there's so many things to kind of get to terms with and grapple with. So being able to just pause and rewind in your own home and with yeah. other people learning too, really, um, yeah, that, that was what got us into it really. Um, and then I think, so that's how it started. But then I really got into it probably when my second child was born and I was on maternity leave then. And that was when I sort of discovered Instagram and the community. Yeah. And that kind of really hooked me in because, again, like I said, I'd always done a lot of crafts. But if I'm going to be really honest, probably also always felt a little bit embarrassed about it or not many of my friends did. So I think yeah. in my 
head it was still maybe something that like older people did yeah and then we discovered instagram and just hundreds of thousands of other people making modern crochet in a really cool fun way and i was like oh okay here are my people like this mm -hmm. is the place i want to be so i think it was really that community element then that like got me properly involved and from there that's where I started like doing a bit of blogging and sharing patterns and then creating patterns myself so yeah, yeah it kind of took a couple of years I suppose in a way but then once I found that community and I was in it was yeah I was away yeah it's such an amazing community isn't it and to to see the scope of people in that community as well I know you touched on um you know feeling like it was an older person's uh, craft and that's always what I um was like when I was younger I used to love um cross stitch yeah and I people used to call me a grandma <laughs> because of I, feel like like, I, say, I feel like it's doing a disservice because I know it's such a stereotype that we all like mm -hmm. now fight against but I do think it's still quite pervasive in some for some people and in some areas and mm -hmm. You know, like you, like I said, you don't necessarily have other friends nearby who who do crafts as well. Then you feel like you're the only one doing it, but it's just not the case. Like, like I said, you know, and that's the really nice thing I think about social media. As much as it can get a bad rap, and I get that, it also yeah. has brought together all these like-minded people that I've met over the years, and some of whom like I consider really good friends now. And it's yeah. something weird, like like we were just saying, we've never really met in real life but then also th this is real <laughs> this is real yeah you know, connecting in a, in a different way so I think it's finding those positive connections in amongst what can sometimes be overwhelming on social media yeah for sure yeah absolutely um so when you started crocheting then um did you have any particular challenges um any areas that you got stuck with crochet? Like, was there any like big things that you had to overcome with crochet or did you just find it a bit of a learning process and it came gradually? Yeah, so I was thinking about this. I think it's a learning process and it's, it's sometimes difficult to look back on and reflect on, isn't it? Because you are where you are now. But I definitely mm -hmm. remember when I first started, I could only really do, follow videos and that was what I found really helpful. And like I said, because I kind of came to it through YouTube, um, I found patterns really difficult. And I remember looking, I downloaded a crochet pattern. It was this really cute teddy bear I think I'd found on Etsy. Mm -hmm. And I looked at this pattern and it was like a foreign language to me and I could not get head or tail of it. And I was like, what does what does the star mean? What does the brackets mean? And yeah. I think possibly the pattern didn't have like the best intro and like abbreviations and stuff. But um, often also, I think sometimes you just have to find a project you really want to make, whether it is mm -hmm. in a video or a pattern or a magazine, and then like Google it as you go, because yeah. information is out there. And then I found a website that explained what a star meant and what the brackets meant. And I was like, oh, yeah. okay. And it's, it's that kind of, it, it's hard work on your brain is first getting used to it. So I definitely, I remember finding reading patterns quite challenging when I wasn't used to them. Yeah. But now actually I am so used to it and my brain can so quickly translate. I find it mm -hmm. hard if I come across a pattern that's written out in words because it yes. takes longer to sort of process the information. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, as I said, just those like learning curves, I think sometimes as well, it's, it's challenging maybe 
obviously for so many people crochet is um like amazing for mental health and, and is brilliant for mm -hmm. that I think it depends on my mood in terms of what I want to work on and what I want yes. to crochet so sometimes I just want a really easy project that's not going to challenge me and it's just a repetitive stitch and yeah you know, that's that's what my brain needs and that's what I like like I feel like my soul needs but sometimes yeah like a project that would challenge me if it's like a technique I haven't done before mm -hmm. um but I feel like I do need the energy to approach it in that way and for it to be like a challenge that I'm intending to tackle rather than just like yes roadblock in the way if that makes sense yeah absolutely I do like a bit of what I call tv crochet you know those rhythmic stitches where you can just pick it up and you don't really need to put much thought into it it's just you know you know what you're doing and you just yeah. Yeah, I do like those projects, but you are right. It is nice to every now and again have a project that will uh, that does challenge you. Yeah, and it's yeah, you, oh, yeah, so you see something you want to make. So I think maybe like the first time I made slippers or little booties or something, and it was working sort of in the round in in a way I hadn't done before. Um, but then once I'd done that one pattern, every time I then came across that again in other patterns, I'm like, oh, okay, I know what I'm doing. Yes. I remember struggling with that and Googling it and looking for YouTube videos or whatever. Um, so it's quite satisfying then because you're broadening your, you know, you can work on wider things and more things. Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's a challenge, but I guess it's knowing, maybe for me, knowing when I'm in the mindset when I want to take on a, that challenge or knowing when I, yeah, just need a bit of TV crochet. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, it's also... Good, a good idea to step back sometimes and look at where you are now compared to where you used to be because like you say in the beginning you've you can almost feel overwhelmed of where to start and for me I've found a lot of people it's their tension like getting used to how you hold the hook and hold the yarn and getting that tension right and once you've got that right then you start layering on those skills don't you so you know if you're watching or listening then take a step back and look at your very first project and see how far you've yeah. come because yeah. you'd be amazed. Yeah. Um, I, I've had people refer to me, and it makes me cringe a little bit, <laughs> uh, they've referred to me as a crochet guru <laughs> in the past, and I refuse to take on that term. And the reason why is because I am always learning. There is always something to learn. And to me, the, the term guru like suggests that you know you everything. Know <laughs> yeah. And you don't. It's, it's yeah. always a learning process. And I think there's always something to learn from somebody else, somebody else's um, project, somebody else's design, somebody else's pattern. You might pick something up from here, there and everywhere and yeah. create it into your own style. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's forever a learning process, isn't it? Definitely. The other thing that I think I found challenging, which I don't know if this how if you would relate to this or not it's almost was finding not my own style in terms of designing so I feel like yeah. now that I do that I'm quite I'm quite down with that but it was almost like finding projects I really really loved then at the end as well so often I would see something in a magazine and be like oh my gosh amazing and I would spend hours making it and then I'd finish it and I'd have this like bright red an orange shawl and it looked beautiful but then I realized I just was never going to wear it and it yeah no I don't know if it felt deflating but it, it felt a little bit like yeah it wasn't it wasn't satisfying in in a way so yeah a way to change, but it took me a while to kind of hone 
the type of projects I really enjoy. And then mm -hmm. I, I really now like to make things that I'm going to really want to display in my house straight away or wear straight away. Or yeah. I don't, I do do some gifting, but because it's my job as well. And actually time-wise, I'm not really making things to gift. But I know for a lot of people, they, that is a big, a big thing. So I suppose that's mm -hmm. slightly different, but yeah, it was finding, finding things that were really going to light me up because I'm a little yeah. bit of a squirrel and I kind of just get distracted by everything and want to make everything and anything. Yeah. So it's like focusing on those projects that are really going to, bring you joy and then bring you joy in your home or from wearing them as well if that makes yeah. sense yeah yeah it does it really does I don't um I, I saw a, a reel the other day it was from Emma Nitty and uh it was like a point of view reel and she was like when you're I can't remember the words that she used but she was like basically saying when you like to wear black and you kind of a bit of a goth at heart but then you like making all these pretty bright crochet things and it's like it's okay to have those two different sides to you like I don't really wear much crochet and a lot, a lot of people expect that I do but I don't yeah. <laughs> yeah and like some of the things that I have in my home I'm very selective with what I put in my home because it has to be the right type of yarn and the right color um so a lot of the things that I make I do gift I love to make like baby blankets and stuff to to gift um but it's okay to have those different sides of you you know yeah. if, you, if you like to crochet you don't have to be you know your curtains don't have to be crochet <laughs> and all of that and I think a lot of people do expect me to like be full-blown crochet throughout my whole house but yeah you're right you've got to find that thing that um lights you up and for me that's gifting for you it would be something that you love to wear or love to yeah. have at home yeah yeah mm. and um and also just the length of projects so <laughs> I see like the most beautiful garments but then I'll start them and just realize I do not have the attention span to see it through so like yes. a quick cushion or a basket or something for me I find so much more satisfying because yes have I don't have the patience to work on massive blankets and but I, I think they look beautiful but yeah again it's finding that because if you're trying to push yourself through a project that you're just not enjoying anymore or or you do just want to work on something else just like you said accepting that that's okay like it's okay to just make quick bulky projects and mm -hmm. you don't have to have beautiful blankets everywhere in your home to be a, a crocheter or yeah a yeah it yeah absolutely so recently or maybe not so recently um because I think it's been a while now for you but you've taken the plunge into full-time this is your full-time gig how did you find that process and how did this community of amazing people um help you with that process yeah that's a good question um so I suppose community just amazing like I said right for me from I don't want to use the word journey but like the start of my crochet journey really has been through Instagram and, and social media and connecting with people in that way and that's partly how a lot of what I'm doing now has come about as well so my background was in um, publishing so in book and magazine publishing and it was sort of non-fiction I was actually working in um, for history publishers for a long time and then I came to work for into craft magazines um, and so then from there I've now gone freelance into crochet design so I suppose it's, it's kind of come full circle for me in a way um, 
but where my most recent role in publishing I was working for Molly Makes so it's like a really mm-hmm. popular craft magazine here in the UK and I suppose I had a little bit of imposter syndrome in that I was a bit worried that when I went out on my own the kind of invitations to things or um, offers of like collaborations might dry up because I was no longer affiliated with that kind of big brand. Yeah. That hasn't been the case at all. And I think a large part of that is because of the kind of community and almost inadvertently the kind of network that I built. So I think, I I mean, I I was just kind of coming on and chatting to people and sharing things, but actually you do over years, because it has been years, foster quite strong relationships with other people, which have now like then gone on that I've collaborated with or magazines that I've worked with. And yeah, a lot of that I really feel has originated in just kind of chatting on a quite a friendly basis originally. So I would say it's definitely supported me in that kind of network way and having having links and contacts and and friends in the community. Um, And also just as a big support. So I recently launched a book and I also do a crochet subscription box and I publish patterns on my website. So it's quite quite varied, but all obviously under the crochet umbrella, similar to yourself. Um, And people are just so supportive. And it's sometimes you tread that line where you feel a little bit like you don't just want to be selling at people. It will be Mm -hmm. like my new thing or buy my new thing but again I think that's a little bit of a mindset thing on my part because at the end of the day the people that I'm connected with and who were already following me like what I do and like my style so it's kind of that's a little bit of a a hang-up that you know you feel you don't want to just take don't take advantage I don't know what the word is but yeah it's that that balance of community but they're also it's also kind of your marketplace and you know your access to your audience through social media so mm-hmm. the fact then that you can have those conversations with people and the direct feedback and people will send you a dm or leave you a comment and be like I love this like yeah more of this or oh I really like what you did there it's that direct relationship with your customer that you yeah. haven't had previously maybe in other industries or in other periods of time that is so valuable but also so like heartwarming because you yeah people are so like you said so supportive and you get to chat directly to people who love what you're doing so yeah yeah it's it's funny when you say you know you don't want to feel like you're always selling and you've got imposter syndrome these are all things that I hear from so many people and I think a lot of the time you feel so alone in that and you think well why am I feeling like this this is this is silly but it's a really common um thought process of a lot of creatives and I think it's because we enjoy so much what we're doing a lot of people think, well, surely I can't be, I can't be making money from that. Like, it's too easy. I find it fun. Like making money should be hard. And it's, it's really a thought process that a lot of people need to get out of. um, Because it can be quite a toxic thought process, can't it? Right. And also, I think, perhaps, uh, for our kind of culture and generation of women as well as a little bit of a don't take up space don't be too pushy whereas actually Mm -hmm. when you break it down if I were to look at somebody else's 
feed who's doing very similar things to me I wouldn't feel that way I would think oh amazing like she's really good doesn't it look fab or like oh she's got a new pattern out like I'm gonna go check it out I think you know it's it's how you talk to people and it's your language is a big part of that as well but yes I definitely recognize that it's a little bit of a like I said, a, a mindset thing on my part. But I think that, like you said, about how then valuable has the community been because you could, you do then have that direct conversation and people can tell you, I love this or, oh, it really made my day or, you know, and I've had messages as well where people have said, I was going through a divorce and actually your YouTube mm-hmm. videos and your your vlogs really helped me because it was like a friend was chatting to me and it was like yeah. thing. And I was like, wow, because you don't, you're connected but you're also in your house on your own talking to your yes. or or writing on your you know keyboard so you sometimes you don't always know the person the other person at the other end and occasionally yeah. they just come through and it just sort of blows your mind a little bit because you're like that's I just feel so thankful that I've been able to have like a positive impact in that way and I yeah. think the people who don't verbalize as well like I don't approach every person I follow who's like giving me joy in my day and specifically tell them I think mm-hmm. you have to have that kind of belief or like understanding that that is happening but yeah sometimes with social media obviously the negatives can feel bigger than the positives but the positives are definitely there and they're definitely yes in craft and more of what we know how it impacts people's mental health yeah yeah a hundred percent I think you know you talked about sometimes you do get those negative things and like you might get a bit of a troll comment or somebody says they don't like something or people can be quite harsh (laughs) on social media they they write things that they perhaps wouldn't say in real life and that that can be if you're sensitive which a lot of people are (laughs) you hear that you hear that louder than the 10 other nice comments don't you um so it that can be the negative side but I think the positive far outweighs the negative there is so many people on Instagram who we're all doing the same things really aren't we we're we're selling patterns uh there's a lot of books coming out just lately we do a lot of the uh of things that are similar and yet we've never felt like we're competing against each other it's always been a supportive conversation that we've had um you know, I've always tried to, well, I hope you feel like I've always yeah, tried to champion you. Have, I regularly tell people you you were genuinely one of the most supportive people in the industry that I have met, but it just in such a genuine way that you're, yeah, you're just happy for other people to be in the, in the same arena doing the same thing because I, but I agree. I just, and again, maybe it comes back to mindset. And I think um, probably uh, this happens in lots of other industries and things as well. But social media, like you said, can create that tension. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, it heightens it. I just think there's so many people crafting and crocheting that mm-hmm. even if you're doing very similar thing, you're still reaching people in different ways. And you're reaching exactly. And it doesn't you you and I doing similar things doesn't then detract that just builds you're bringing yes. people into the you know um the craft world that maybe haven't and you know the pandemic for all all it was let's not talk about that too much but there's so many <laughs> craft at that point through yes videos and whatever and you know maybe one day they're on your YouTube 
you know, learning a stitch. And then a few weeks later, they might buy one of my patterns that uses the stitch. And I just think it, we, I do genuinely believe we build each other up. And I think- 100%. I think as well, some, I've seen people get quite upset about um, copying the patterns. And I totally get that because it's very disheartening if you've spent a long time on a pattern. Mm-hmm. Potentially somebody else comes in and is, is copying. But I also believe that if you're- a creative person with original ideas you will continue to be a creative person with original ideas and mm-hmm. that will grow and if somebody can only copy then that's all they can do like I just I feel like it's not worth my energy worrying about that because mm-hmm. it's disheartening and it's upsetting and I understand like if it was happening again and again I unfortunately mm-hmm. haven't have been in that situation so maybe I would feel differently but I just think that's a negative energy over there like, and let's yeah. just on growth mindset and positivity and I genuinely believe that that will bring in like positivity and you know help you align with creators like yourself who mm-hmm. you know we do build each other up and it all adds to the adds to the pot rather than detracting from each other if that makes mm-hmm. sense yeah absolutely and I think as well it's like with crochet and we all see so many projects um here there and everywhere it is possible for two people in this huge world to have very similar styles yeah. and very similar ideas i don't know if you've ever um read the book big magic yeah. um it, in a nutshell it's all about having this idea come to you and if you don't act on it then it will just go to somebody else yeah. um so yes, I have seen people, you know, fair enough, it's, if it's a identical pattern, <laughs> then, you know, then th- there are things to, to be said about that. Um, there yeah, are only, so, there are, condoning, no, I'm not condoning, condoning plagiarism. I do yes. think sometimes these should be taken, but I suppose more from like an energy. Yes. You, you could very easily spend all day worrying and getting caught up in that when actually yeah 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 absolutely there's there's only so many stitches in crochet uh there's only so many ways to make a granny square (laughs) you know don't let the fact that somebody else has done a granny square blanket stop you from trying to design your own granny square blanket you know um and actually one of the biggest um Think advice I would give if somebody is, is listening or watching and they are interested in getting into design is don't look at other crochet designs. So I love looking at other crafts like patchwork and weaving yes. and even interiors because I create a lot of homework kind of cushions and things. Mm-hmm. So I, I look at somewhere like anthropology or Oliver Bonus and be inspired by like their color palette for the season or, you know, the the textures or whereas I, I do think it's difficult sometimes if you see somebody else's crochet thing and yes. you love it it is hard to get it out of your head so mm-hmm. if you find yourself falling into that trap a lot if you're on Pinterest doing a little bit of an inspiration you know trail or whatever just don't even look at any crochet just look to other crafts for inspiration and yeah maybe it's the colors or the the textures or even a painting so I just yes so much inspiration to be had elsewhere and then Mm -hmm. you're yourself because you haven't you haven't even been looking so you have genuinely come to that in a from an original you know point of view yeah 
Yeah, I remember doing a, uh, it's the spring abstract blanket and that is a granny square blanket, but that came from a painting. You know, like what you said, I saw like an abstract painting and it was squares and I was like, oh, yeah. that would make a really good granny square blanket. Um, so yeah, you can find inspiration in all, all these different things, can't you? I mean, even if you see somebody's design and you're like, oh, I like that colour, you can take a bit from there, you can take a bit from there. Um, you know, because if you are on Instagram, you are seeing people's designs. Um, but 100% take inspiration from other things yeah. as well. Or like you said, it's that kind of an analysis of like, well, why do I like it? I like the feeling it creates because it makes me feel really calm. And I like the mm -hmm. colour palette because of that. So maybe you are using a similar colour palette. But yeah, like you said, there's a finite amount of, of stitches and colour palettes ultimately. So you just got to be true, true to yourself. And yeah. Yeah. I really hope you're enjoying this episode of the Yarn Over podcast, but I couldn't wait to jump in and tell you all about the brand new Bella Coco Crochet Homeware Collection. This stunning texture collection contains the briar blanket, the jasmine cushion, the succulent plant holders, the fern wall hanging and the elm draft excluder. If you want to find out more about this collection, then head to bellacococrochet.com forward slash the hyphen homeware hyphen collection. So if you've ever had any negative experiences then, have they, have they knocked you? Um, how have you ever overcome that if you have had, you know, that little troll comment or not so nice words <laughs> sent your way? A good question. Um, I think I have, I feel like I've been pretty fortunate and I honestly haven't had much negativity, but yeah, occasionally things will crop up. And I think the, it's very hard and it, it depends on my mood and my mindset at the time when it, when it mm -hmm. happens. Um, I just think as humans, we are so prone. I think you said it earlier, like you, you might get 10 positive comments and then one a bit like, mm, and that's the one that you'll like carry around mm -hmm. all day. But I, I do know I'm quite a sensitive person. So I try and bear that in mind. And actually now that yeah, I'm doing this as my job, I think it's kind of helped me in a way because it, it, it allows me to put that kind of like professionalism barrier in the way. Yeah. Bit. In the same way if, if I was working in the past and someone's a bit grumpy, let's say, <laughs> on the phone, <laughs> it upsets you, it annoys you, but it's your job. So it's like, okay, do you know what? Fine. And I honestly think the biggest thing that I try and bear in mind is that kind of, which is again easier to do on some days than others that like emotional empathy of normally if somebody's being an idiot it's because they're having a really bad time and yeah sorry for them like you know if somebody's picking me up on the fact that I used the wrong grammar in my post like I'm more upset for what life is doing to them that that you know obviously they've they've having a bad day yeah it's about me is what I try that's what I try yeah. but it's definitely easier some days than others and yeah. yeah that is so true though if somebody does have or seems to go off on a tangent for such a small thing there is obviously something else going on within yeah. their own bubble that has caused them to um yeah. you know 
<laughs> want to rant <laughs> and unfortunately you've just been there they're focused <laughs> focused yeah. on you and yeah. gone towards it but um I can totally re relate to that sometimes I can be like yeah just water off a duck's yeah. back yeah um and then other times you're like oh my goodness this is the worst thing to happen to me and I think one of the things that I've learned is um is there any truth in what they're saying mm. if there is then use that to do better next time sure like as a learning experience or like you said why has that touched a nerve with me is it because yes the, yeah yeah you know you are right there are probably instances where you, you there's a learning thing to be had there sure. yeah yeah and if it, and if there isn't you know any truth to it then just let it yeah. go um, I sometimes um just take screenshots and send it to my family <laughs> so we can have a laugh about it <laughs> like look at this I well I've started taking screenshots but I've started taking screenshots of really positive reviews yes yes I don't know if this sounds a little bit woo to some people it's not something I would have done five years ago at all but I've recently started keeping like a gratitude bullet journal so like the end of each day I try and write down three things that like I'm grateful for just normally yeah. it's just like the sun shone today or you know yeah it's ice cream but I, I I again I honestly do think there is a lot about if you can shape your thinking around the positive things and mm -hmm. focus on those and by mm -hmm. doing like a practice like that where you're listing three grateful things or positive things I know it can sound a bit like OTT but I just think it helps reshape your thinking and then before you know it actually you're looking for the positives more than you are the negatives I could very easily sit down and write like 10 negative things each day too because you know that's how my mind goes but you're kind of you're like I don't know then I I think your brain then goes quicker to the negative things so yes. I don't know maybe maybe I will get better at filtering out negative comments in that way if if I can focus on like the really positive ones as well yeah and actually like let them land because I think that's something I've maybe never been very good at and again I don't know if it's like a cultural generational thing for us women but it's very hard to accept compliments if somebody says something to you really nice online sometimes I don't actually like let it land and like really accept it so yeah. it's practicing to look for those really positive things yeah yeah 100% feel like it should be but yeah yeah it is it is difficult and a lot of people can get themselves into that negative mindset but um once you start getting into the positive mindset it's it's like it the you know it just continues to build like you say it yeah. gets easier and then the, the negative gets less yeah I've always been a huge believer in mindset I don't know if you've ever read the book The Secret I've spoken about it you need you need to read it if you haven't um but it's all about law of attraction and basically what you think about you bring into your life yeah. if you we're kind of going off on a tangent here but I, this stuff just lights my <laughs> lights me up inside like you say if if somebody said to you have a look outside tell me how many red cars you can see and then you say to them okay now how many blue cars can you see they're like, well, I wasn't looking for the blue cars. I was looking for the red cars. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Like, I don't know how many times you've, um, you've, you know, had something in your mind, like you really wanted something and all of a sudden you see it everywhere. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's exactly the same. I kind of remember it then when you were saying there's an actual like term in psychology for it. Or even if, say, you learn about something for the first time or you learn about a new word and then suddenly you hear people use it like five times in a week. You're like, that's so weird because no one's ever used that word before in my life, before Tuesday. And now everyone's using it. And it's not the case. It's just that once you're aware of something, your brain actually like actively brings it like to the fore more. And Mm -hmm. so that's in in positive and negative ways. But what you're saying about you know, sharing negative reviews for friends and family. I do also get that because sometimes it's about removing yourself from the situation and whether that means a social media break or just like stepping back from it and being like, this is a microcosm of a lot of thoughts and feelings and emotions here on my phone. And actually, I definitely feel sometimes I can feel myself like, I think social media is uh, is brilliant and it's an amazing free marketing tool that creatives can use. It's a great community that people can use to come together, but it is also, it has also obviously got its, you know, foibles and problems. Yeah. And there, you can feel those times where the more you kind of feed the beast, the bigger it gets. Mm-hmm. So if, yeah. your, if your aim is to get more followers or more comments or you can do that, but then you also kind of like there's then more to deal with and more to handle and sometimes just stepping back and spending time with friends and family in in real life real life yeah um can also is also necessary and just helps you reframe what what it is you're doing and yeah Yeah. and it's on it's honoring those feelings as well like your feelings are valid if you if you you know get that sinking feeling in your heart from a comment that's why I do it. I take a screenshot, I send it off, and then that it's done. I then park it and move on, look for the positive. But, yeah, sometimes it is good to to take a step back. Even if it's, like, once a week, you say, right, Sunday, no phones. Yeah. Um, well, know, how easy is that for you? Because <laughs> I was, well, I was just going to say, I, I don't practice what I preach. <laughs> um, build your business around an online community yeah and that's you know the joy is there as well as the business you know that you want to be there with with people um yeah how is how easy is it to step back Mm, yeah it's 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 not easy but try and draw that line in the sand and set your boundaries and things um and then just you know continue to go back on Instagram and use it in the way that you would want it to be used for you if you like somebody's project send them a little message say wow this is amazing if you liked a particular thing that they said tell them um you know if you liked their reel share it (laughs) you know so just continue to um you know use it in the way that you would like it to be used for you I totally agree because there's so much power in that and I think maybe you enjoy following people but you don't feel like leaving a comment is really that big a deal but like we've said it can genuinely make somebody's day or like really help them balance out that negative comment that was just before or yeah Yeah. have a massive impact even those little little actions yeah definitely so tell me what you've got coming up for the rest of this year um yeah good question I more of the same patterns and boxes and everything I I've actually just signed two more book contracts to write oh my 
two <laughs> yeah also one has the most ridiculous short deadline ever so <laughs> there's a christmas crochet book and yeah for so this I'm, christmas yeah, yeah. oh my gosh I'm just um very fancy crocheting all the time at the moment which yeah um like talking about challenges so my main challenges as a designer and now being self-employed is just time management it's not the yeah. thing they were going to be tricky I think I was trying to explain it to my husband like I I think it's a positive thing in that I can see potential in anything like any scrap of paper or fabric or yarn I can see I'm like oh that could be a thing but in the same vein I'm also like yeah I can I can do that I can fit it in I can yeah you know and then I'm like no Lindsay no that was <laughs> but I'm trying to channel it as a yeah, I get to do this rather than uh, <laughs> what have I done? Um, so yeah. yeah. So, well, one that's the one book will be out this year, and then the one book I think will be next year. And I haven't actually started on that one yet, so that's fine. So, yeah, books, but it's quite nice in a way having been a commissioning editor and commissioned people to write books to now be on the be on the other side. Yeah, I feel like I yeah I got the benefit of both sides of that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so yeah, I feel like that's probably probably enough. There's always so many other things I would like to do and want to do. Um, yeah. And I think I'm just guilty of, I don't have to do it all now. Like it's okay to spread it yeah. out. I've got, you know, I've got three young kids. So it's just managing that time because not it's not just my own time. And like, you know, you can have the best laid plans but as soon as somebody gets a sickness bug or mm -hmm. a chicken pox or anything. And as anybody with kids will know, they never get it at the same time. No. <laughs> and then two days later or a week later, and then you get it. So it's not even like it's just a couple of days. It's like one yeah. month, they're all out for a good couple of weeks there. Yeah, um, yeah. So it is, that's the most difficult thing probably is just managing my time. But it's a very good, very good problem to have. And I feel very mm -hmm. fortunate and grateful that uh that I have that problem and that I get to to crochet for a job but I do, mm -hmm. I do think there's a perception that we if you're a crocheter and you're working full-time you just spend all day crocheting which isn't normally the case but mm -hmm. yeah when you're madly doing samples for a book it is currently the case <laughs> yes yeah. yeah I remember um I was I, I was heavily pregnant at the time I believe and I had my book deadline and I had to oh I nearly said what project it was that, then but it, <laughs> we've not revealed it yet this book that I've been working on for over two years um I just remember frantically crocheting um trying to get this finished for this deadline I think I watched the whole two seasons of um oh what's it called the witches um Discovery of Witches, which is amazing, by the way, on another note. Um, but yeah, frantic crochet <laughs> is a thing. For, and now uh, start to question, what, it, when was I doing this for my mental health and when has it become <laughs> a cause of stress? But yeah. Yes. Yeah. Still, yeah. It's, it, can be, it can be a yo-yo, can't it? You know, yeah. relaxing, stressful, relaxing, stressful, <laughs> especially when you, you do it for a job. Um, so Lindsay you know I think you're amazing <laughs> I think all that you do is just brilliant can you tell everybody where they can find you yeah so um my main uh, sort of feed on Instagram is Lottie and Albert and then I also have a website by the same name um 
lottynalbert.co.uk. Um, and that's where I've got sort of free blog patterns. I've got my sort of digital download patterns and then any information on other things like my books and my, my crochet boxes that I do uh, are all in one place there. So yeah, that's my main place I hang out. Amazing. So everybody go and check out all of her things. But thank you so much for joining me today. It's been wonderful speaking to you. Hopefully yeah, we can do it again soon. A little bit of a therapy session thrown in. We there. have, haven't we? Yes, we've had you know, all aspects of uh, of things in here. But thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me.